Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Westernites, and general podcast lovers. You're listening to one of the many selective reviews from the Western Reviews podcast, hosted by me, the Western Wonder. On this episode, I'll be resuming my thoughts on the ongoing mystery series, Only Murders in the Building, streaming now on Hulu. This review will be covering the latest three episodes, numbers four to six of the show, and how the story has progressed from the first three episodes. If you are a listener who is new to the show, I suggest you A, watch the show now on Hulu, and or B, listen to my previous review of those aforementioned three episodes where you get to know the characters and the general plot better, so there isn't any confusion in listening to this episode. Also, less spoiler-free this time onwards. Without further ado, let's get into these episodes, starting with Episode 4, The Sting. In an early segment, Oliver picks up another suspect in Tim Kono's case. Who might that be, you ask? Well, it's none other than musical superstar Sting from U2. No, 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 wait. The police. There's just another bit of Mabel's sarcastic humor. Oliver came to this conclusion when, in a previous episode, a cryptic note was left on his door and his dog poisoned, but still conscious to tell the story about survival. Moments after a tense encounter with the musician who claims to not like dogs, quote unquote, despite having several mutts of his own. Also, a recent discovery regarding Sting having financial troubles is tied to a situation regarding Tim Connell making an associate, a powerful business client, lose a lot of money. The odds are insane here. Or is it? Well, the odds are right, but we can't rule Sting out. Just a trigger warning. Other episodic situations happening here revolve around Charles getting to know friendly Arconia resident Jan, a bassoon player, including a date which goes awry on Charles' part. Well, at least his nose didn't bleed Eleven style again when he gets nervous. To the trio attempting to get a spotlight from the queen of podcasts, Cinda Canning, player recurring guest Tina Fey, also a former Saturday Night Live cast member alongside Steve Martin and Martin Short. Will they get that spotlight from Ms. Canning? Well, we'll get back to that by episode 6. But for now, let's move forward to episode 5, Twist. Mabel gets a lovely surprise from a stalker sporting a tie-dye shirt that was seen earlier during the building evacuation prompted from Kono's murder in episode Uno, who turns out to be an old friend of hers named Oscar. The erratic young man recently got out of jail and has plans to hang out with Mabel for the rest of the day. Uh-huh. Saving my thoughts for him later, but back to those two. Mabel tells Oscar that she's heading off to Long Island and she needs a ride, which she accepts a ride from Oscar. Charles and Oliver spot their reunion and, out of suspicion, decide to tell behind in Long Island. However, they lose their direction and gas along the way and have to hitch another ride. They end up following Mabel all the way to a tattoo parlor her cousin owns and end up having a brief squabble with her about trust since it took another person to reveal to them that Mabel knew Tim Kona before she said it to them herself. After introducing Charles and Oliver to Oscar and her cousin Will, the tattoo parlor owner, the room gets shaken after Mabel reveals all the jewelry that she sneakily collected from Kono's residence. And then we're down to episode 6, To Protect and Serve. Continuing from the last episode's events at the tattoo parlor, Mabel's enraged mother arrives, concerned about her whereabouts. Mabel's mom invites everyone, minus working man Will, for dinner, where a tense argument leads to a brief walkout for Mabel. 
The mom respectfully wishes for Charles and Oliver to resume their podcast without Mabel in tow, and the two go over to thank Mabel for bringing them together for something so interesting, and they say goodbye on a somber note. Could this be the end of the trio's pod? Hmm. Meanwhile, a detective, last name Williams, previously seen warding away the trio from sneaking in Tim Kono's residence in episode 1, overhears the Only Murders podcast at home, and after a quick comb over with a girlfriend, decides to reevaluate Tim Kono's case. After leaving Mabel behind, Charles and Oliver are in shambles on what to do with their podcast, and these worries are ignited further when Cindy Canning plugs their podcast on The Tonight Show. With the real Jimmy Fallon chewing up the scenery, might I add. <laughs> that is fantastic! <laughs> now I'm definitely depressed. <laughs> At least I have a definitive answer. No, I mean... Which thoroughly impresses their sponsor and Oliver's old theater promoter, Teddy Demas. The duo nervously accept a check from Teddy until they get a closer look at the name their sponsor signed for. Angel, a person who is a negative plot point on Tim Kono's life, who may also know and solve the murder case of Zoe, another friend of Mabel's. Could that mean that Teddy is... <gasps> nah, that's too easy a twist. They'll probably just throw a curveball later on. So for my condensed thoughts for all the episodes thus far. Episode 4 is another funny team-up episode with a great performance from Sting, who will probably nab a guest Emmy nomination next year for the improvised song he sings about Tim Kono's murder if Nathan Lane agrees to it. Also, it was a comforting turn to see Steve Martin's Charles get more backstory of feeling vulnerable and feeling lonely, as well as his visions of classic cartoon characters in his head, which definitely was odd at first, but perhaps certain viewers out there could relate to feeling lonely or forgotten that way, or in other ways. Episode 5. Mm, big question marks on the arrival of Oscar. His mannerisms and explanation of his placing hearing the shot that killed Tim Kono is off-putting to say the least. It feels way too easy to rule him as a top suspect now, but I don't know. Who knows? Also, pay attention to Mabel's early dialogue in the car scene with Oscar in this episode. She mentions that she always wanted to stab someone with a knitting knife. Do you remember the first ever flashback we got from her in the first episode? If you don't, It'll probably, no wait, nah, definitely come back later. Episode 6 further shows how Charles and Oliver have taken very fondly of Mabel's personality and presence, and that's very beautiful in itself. Also, the romance plot I didn't mention, just in case it backfires or heats up later, between Oscar and Mabel is... hmm... interesting. Nathan Lane as Teddy Demas also gets to give out a great dramatic performance with his backstory of how he came to be. The final verdict of him being connected to Tim Kono's murder definitely shouldn't be ruled out too soon either, but he seems to be more unlikely to have a part in the murder than Oscar. Anybody's suspect at this rate though. Don't trust anybody is what I would say. Stay tuned for the final four episodes being reviewed in my collective thoughts in the next couple of weeks. And I've been behind with these episode viewing reviews. If you want to be updated, you can follow the show on these following socials. On Twitter, you can find me at reviews underscore western, or on my Instagram, you can find me at Western Reviews Official. Once again, on Twitter, at reviews underscore western, or Instagram, at Western Reviews Official. I can't wait for the Halloween season to kick off, so stay tuned for more exciting reviews to come this October. 
I try to keep it as interesting and random as possible. <laughs> stay safe and stay investigating. Wilson Wonder signing out. <laughs>